Owning an investment property can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. At Heritage Realty Property Management, they handle the challenges for you, ensure it's rented, maintained, and gets the highest return possible, while you just collect the check. With over 50 years experience, you can trust Heritage Realty to provide the property care you want and rental knowledge you need. Visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com to connect with the team more landlords trust. Heritage Realty. We treat your property as if it were our own. All right, well, happy Groundhog's Day to you. February 2nd for the Budweiser Studios. Feels like a Bill Murray movie because all it's doing is raining right now. And unfortunately, I don't know if that's rain from the weather of those sad tears from Tennessee fans last night after a stunning defeat at the hands of the Florida Gators, 67-54. There were times in the game where it was close. Tennessee took 20 more shots than Florida did and still lost by double digits last night. It was just one of those nights where eerily similar to this kind of slugfest that they had in Maryland against Brooklyn. I should say in Brooklyn against Maryland. Man, there's no other way I can dress this up. Let's just get right to it, Logan Ward. This is your Tuesday morning buzz. Excuse me, your Thursday morning buzz here on the starting lineup. Already thinking back to those rankings and trying to preview this matchup with a lot of Florida stations thinking Tennessee wouldn't have an issue. But they shot 68 times last night, 19 of 68. That's only good for 28% from the field. Florida did shoot 12 more free throws than Tennessee, and that ended up being the difference because if you look everywhere else, Logan, if I covered up the score and I told you to look at the box score last night, you probably could do the quick math, but if you looked at some of the key categories that Tennessee usually wins in that helps them win games, you would have thought by chance Tennessee did win this game. 91% from the free throw line. Tennessee had 43 rebounds. 18-5, to they beat Florida on the offensive side of the boards. Last night, shots just weren't falling last night in Tennessee. Just days after grabbing that number two ranking, they now fall to 18-4 and on the year. And I'm going to tell you right now, already with a Kentucky loss kind of in the cylinder, I think the SEC championship regular season might be kind of out of reach right now. Yeah, potentially. I mean, you know, we'll have to see. We saw Alabama. They kind of, you know, got some, you know, exercised some demons the other night. I against Vanderbilt, but this this Tennessee schedule, we talked about it the other day, it gets a whole lot tougher. you yeah. got to play Auburn twice, Arkansas, Missouri, A&M, and go to Kentucky. It's a tough schedule down the stretch. Last night was definitely not pretty for Tennessee. Uh, news out of the NFL yesterday, obviously Tom Brady announced that he is retiring, a place where a lot of people, myself included, thought Tom Brady could end up. That's the San Francisco 49ers. They had their postseason press conference with GM John Lynch, and then uh, head coach Kyle Shanahan yesterday. Shanahan was asked about a potential Jimmy Garoppolo coming back to San Francisco, and Kyle Shanahan straight up said, it was kind of funny, he sees no scenario of Jimmy G returning to San Francisco. You got two injured quarterbacks. What do you mean there's zero scenario? He says there's no chance. So, all right, we'll see. Jimmy G is a quarterback you can win with. There are numerous teams in this league that can win and make the playoffs with Jimmy G at quarterback. It's not going to be in San Francisco next year, though. All right, top 25 scores last night. Purdue, they end up beating Penn State at home by 20, 80 to 60. Xavier needed overtime. That's not a cover. 85-83 against Providence. Auburn all over Georgia in the Plains, 94-73. And Marquette, they continue to win in the Big East, 73-64. Shaka Smart's team right now, the 14th-ranked team in the land, continues to roll. Buying or selling your home, property management, it all begins with a click. The website available to you now, that's at HeritageRealityKnox.com. You hear from Rick Barnes, how did Tennessee go to the swamp and not come out with a win? Now, now this isn't a bad Florida team, they just... 
weren't a good Florida team. They were a Florida team that kind of got in their own way, especially late in contest. Tennessee, they did themselves no favors with their performance last night there at the O'Connell Center. We'll tell you more about how the Volunteers fell short. Just 67-54. It was just a ugh, of a game last night. 99.1, you're listening to the Sports Animal. Yeah, Tyler, good morning. Last night, Tennessee went on the road to Florida and fell 67-54. to As a guy, Ziegler led Tennessee with 15 points. They shot 28% from the field and 20% from three. With the loss, Tennessee drops to 7-2 and in SEC play. In the NFL yesterday, Tom Brady announced that he is retiring from football for good. One year ago to the day, Brady announced he was retiring before changing his mind 40 days later. He played 23 years in the NFL, winning seven Super Bowls and set numerous passing records. In college basketball last night, top-ranked Purdue took down Penn State 80-60. Xavier beat Providence in overtime 85-83. Two SEC scores, Auburn beat Georgia 94-73. Missouri got by LSU 87-77. It's 6-0-8. Tennessee goes on the road last night. First game is ranked number two when they fall to Florida. How did that happen? You'll hear from Rick Barnes. Coming up next, you're on TSL. Have a good morning. I'm Logan Ward. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit JustCapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Yeah, you just can't let teams get up by 13 points, especially out of the gate. Climb uphill all night. That's exactly what happened for the University of Tennessee. We sat on this program talking about the chances of them being the number one team when Purdue has to go to Indiana this weekend. That certainly is not going to happen. And the chances of Tennessee winning the SEC regular season, likely not going to happen. You cannot go down to Florida, a team that right now was on the second, third tier of being out. This win over the number two team in the land, this probably puts the Gators in the first four out category. We'll have to see where Joe Lenardi has this team. Jerry Palm, a lot of these people looking at Florida as a team that's, okay, they're not awful. They're not bottom feeders of the SEC, but they definitely aren't what you think they are, which is a team that a combined, I believe it was seven points, seven points and three losses. They came into that game last night. The Gators did five and three in conference play, a three-point loss to Texas A&M. They had had a loss earlier in the season to, I believe it was Auburn by three points. That's six. And then the difference in the other game, help me here if I'm off, I'm almost certain that other Florida game uh, was the... Um, it was A&M by two. That's right. They lost to A&M twice. Yep. So we're talking about eight points in three losses this year. One bucket for Florida. Now, for me to come on the air and go, yeah, Florida was a bucket each and each a bucket apiece in each game from being eight no going to this game. You that's not how basketball works. You can't play it that way. But Todd Golden had teams that just like in San Francisco, they wanted to preach defense. 
Last night, the team that ranked number eight in Ken Palm, I'm sitting there doing some Ken Palm digging yesterday, and then this is what happens when you have a player like Colin Castleton, who, by the way, remember when he had a bad shoulder all last year? And I had a buddy text me last night going, where do they find this Colin Castleton guy? Well, he's been on the, are you kidding me? He's a transfer. And he was injured last year. You just didn't see him because, and again, fairness, casual basketball fan. I'll give him that. Tennessee, the one thing I saw last night, and we'll get into some of the ugly numbers that were just that. Absolutely, UGLY. We're here again, left sitting in the studio, Logan Ward, asking ourselves, there's Tennessee against a sizable guy in the middle of the paint, and Tennessee doesn't have an answer for him. Yeah, Castleton, he's a guy that's, you know, very athletic. He has the ability to play one-on-one starting at the top of the key and then get down low, and that's what he did. He 16 points in the second half last night for Colin Castleton and nine rebounds. That's not going to – when we talk about Tennessee, they struggled down low, They but they've gotten better at defending down low, and they've gotten more production from their bigs. But last night, Colin Castleton really did just whatever he wanted. It, it it seemed like, okay, Tennessee got a lot of shots. They had more shots than Florida. They had a ton of offensive rebounds. It kind of came down to all they were living and dying by was the three. And when the shots aren't fly, um, falling, you shoot 20% from three, 28% from the field going on the road into SEC play. There's maybe three places, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, and South Carolina, All the other gyms that you will go to in the SEC, if you shoot those numbers, you will lose. You will lose. Right. They faced a hot Florida team last night that could miss in the first half. Second half, Tennessee had a lead. And then just here it came. Were you with me when they had that six-point lead after, like, Tennessee caught a little bit of a break. Vescovy kind of snuck his foot out there. He pushed that foot out there to make sure he got the foul. He hits all three of those threes, the three three, uh, free throws. They're up six. And most people might go, okay, here they go. They're up six. They'll turn this into nine. This will be 11. Then it'll be a 12-point lead, and then they'll smother them. When they went up six, I went, you better keep piling on. You better keep piling on because you don't have an answer down low. And right now, they are living right from behind the arc. What did and we say Florida yesterday? Living behind the arc. Brother, they hit two shots in their first 10 minutes Yeah, of the first half. And then they hit three shots in their last 10 minutes of the first half. What did we say yesterday's second uh, half? We expected it to be some sort of a rock fight in the first half. It, it pretty much was that. But we said Tennessee was just one small 8-0 run away or 6-0 run away from blowing this thing wide open and not giving it back to Florida. For the most part, that happened last night. We saw some runs for Tennessee, but then you just couldn't finish. You couldn't finish. That's what it came down to. They just missed shots. It was a frustrating day all around. And, and look, why don't you just ask Rick Barnes himself. The coach sat down with the media following that loss, 67-54 to Florida last night. Here's what Tennessee head coach Rick Barnes had to say about his team's performance, especially in the first half. We just kept fighting uphill all night long. Again, I thought we really lost our poise. And, you know, we let uh, the fact that we weren't making shots and we had some good looks at it that we didn't knock down and, uh, but they, their game plan was no different than everybody else that we played. They're going to work hard at trying to take away the perimeter, force us into the mid-range game with certain players and see if they can make those shots. And we just, um, again, we, we just, we've got to get better offensively. Yeah, and that's been the case for Tennessee for how many years now, trying to find a go-to scorer right now. And look, Jimmy Dykes kept pointing that out last night. When Florida would go up five points, six points, Jimmy Dykes kept saying, this Tennessee team doesn't have a go-to shooter. They don't have somebody who can fill up the bucket and go single-handedly 4-0, 6-0, 8-2 run to get you back in this game. 
it's so eerie too. Cause if you look at the box score and the team stats at this game, I remember watching this game. I believe they just hit the under 12 timeout. Or maybe it was the under eight. Julian Phillips was coming back to shoot that, uh, that, that and one off the foul that gave Tennessee the lead. And I thought to myself, my goodness, man, they are killing them on the O boards. Why is it? The second chance points aren't falling. And I looked at the numbers at that point in time. And then fast forward to the end of the game. Had you told me Tennessee out offensive rebound, Florida 18 to five, and they had hit 91% of their free throws. I said, all right, the Vols won this game by nine. Vols won this game by 10. I would agree. Now, and, and what really stinks about this too, is that, you know what? This is not last night. I had to answer so many questions on Twitter about officiating and just it. it this is nothing to do with officiating. This has everything to do with the fact that Tennessee did not have scores last night that could help fill up the bucket. This was last night, Tennessee, when they needed a go-to guy, nobody was available. You know, Zakai Ziegler still is your leading scorer last night with 15, but man, you, you just got, you got essentially nothing from your bench last night. Colin Castleton, no matter who you threw at him, whether it was Jonas Adu, whether it was Uros Plosvich, Kuma, he just got, he just spun around him. He just ate him up. His footwork last night was just absolutely just pitcher perfect. And you're just waiting for the, it, it just, man, it, I just feel like that we're copy and pasting every time Tennessee loses a conversation. It's a Tennessee fan or somebody similar saying you're just waiting for the run to come or you just go to, you climb in your car, you put your thumb on the push to start button and all you hear is rah, 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 and the starter's out. It just won't click. The alternator, it won't turn over. You're waiting for an 8-0 run, and it just won't turn over, and it won't fire up, and nothing is happening. We talked when last this Tennessee week, team is going bald or going bad from the floor, man, you can, you can, ugh, it's not good. And last night, that was a Tennessee team. Even when they went up six points, I went, you just, they, they got a, nope, and it never happened. We brought it up last week. Why are fans kind of apprehensive to just go all in on this Tennessee basketball team? Like, they probably should have been. They were ranked number four last year. You thought that, that there would be some more enthusiasm and people just going, you know, all in on this basketball team. The, the games like last night and the Kentucky game is why. That is why. Whenever the shots aren't falling, they don't have that one dominant guy. It's also very interesting because what we just heard Rick Barnes say, he said the exact opposite leading up to this game. Texas took the perimeter away. You just had a guy in Olivier Kumwa who played unconscious and he scored 27 points, the best game of his career, and could not miss. Florida did the same exact thing. They don't have a down-low guy that whenever the perimeter shot is not falling like it was last night, 20% from three, they didn't have a guy like Kumwa that stepped up uh, against Texas. No one stepped up for him down low. That's why people are apprehensive about going all on in this team, especially heading into March, because it looked like the Michigan game did last year. Shots aren't falling. There's no one down low to make up for it. That's what happens, and that's why Tennessee lost against Kentucky. That's why they lost Saturday night. Yeah, well, excuse just, me, last night. I, I'm not going to try to make this, you know, some type of arithmetic that we can't understand, but this is genuinely one of those what did the calendar do to Tennessee moments. Because I'm having difficulties looking at the way Tennessee performed against Texas, the number 10 team in the land, just days ago at home. Just sending Texas to the woodshed. That was an absolute just drumming. It wasn't as close as the 11-point differential was. 
and then turning around and seeing this Tennessee team that played last night going, can they not hit? Like, what is? I, I get it. You go to some territories, you go to some hostile environments, and and man, shots just aren't falling. But what I think we're learning here with this Tennessee basketball team is simply this. And I know this is so generic, and a lot of people go, well, no kidding, Ivans. That's how basketball works. I just don't know if Tennessee can win a national championship on defense alone. And I don't know if Tennessee can really go through the tournament in a game where they go, our shots shots are not falling, but I think defensively we can keep this team in check and hope that we can get to them on the free throw line. If Tennessee doesn't find out who their consistent scorer is, the Knights, that Zakai Ziegler, I mean, look, Ziggs was on the bench, what, seven minutes into that game for some of the reckless dribble drives? Still Uh, 11 points, too, with 15. He drives the lane. It's not as hard as usually he does. That gets swatted if he's going as hard as he can to the lane. Usually he'll kick a hacking foul, and then he's going to shoot two. I just, I, I don't know what last night was, but I can tell you it seems like that this is a common thread with a Tennessee loss. It seems like it's a common thread where there wasn't, you know, outside of the Kentucky game this year, that Kentucky game, it was a physical game. That was, Uros had 21 and, and went toe-to-toe with Oscar Shibway that day. Tennessee, they just flat out didn't show, and that was one of the worst losses of the year. Like, I'll, I'll just say, I'm just talking about where, where Tennessee was. They were a 14-point favorite going into that game. Here last night, I don't know if they play that game again today. They can play the game. They can tip down at the O'Connell Center again this morning at 11 a.m. And I think Tennessee would win that game by 40, but everything had to, by 40. That's a little much. 20, 15. Point being is this. They had one go-to guy Tennessee couldn't slow down, and in turn, all you had to do was hit shots and go punch for punch with them, and Tennessee couldn't do it. And here's the thing. You have Auburn, tournament team. You have them twice. Missouri, tournament team. Alabama, tournament team. Kentucky, tournament team. A&M, tournament team. Arkansas, tournament team. It's not going to get any easier for Tennessee. If you do what you did last night... Auburn will beat you. Auburn might beat you twice. Missouri can beat you. Alabama will beat you. Kentucky will dominate you. You'll go to College Station and lose. You got to clean up whatever that was last night. It's a common theme. If shots aren't falling. You have no production from the, from the inside. You will lose basketball games. All right, so sidebar, uh, Vegas always knows, right? Hey, we sat here yesterday and asked, <laughs> why is this a five and a half? And that's why. There was an individual who reached out to me. You know what the closing number was? It was four, right? Four. Yeah. Four. And I almost touched it, and I said no. I'm more frustrated with how this game played out in front of Tennessee. And I can tell you last night, I know everybody's knee-jerk reaction, especially whenever the scoreboard hits final. But going back and forth with Florida wasn't supposed to happen in the year 2023. This is something you do with Todd Golden's team maybe in 24, but definitely was destination 2025. Man, oh man, just talking to Florida people yesterday. They're in a stretch right now of four games as we hit the reset. Kansas State, Tennessee, they go to Rupp, and then they go to Tuscaloosa. They had to win one of these four games to be able to even sniff the NCAA tournament and hope they get a little bit of love come March Madness for their resume. And everybody goes, now they're going to go 0-4. The likely chance was maybe they could go to Rupp and steal a win because Kentucky's so inconsistent. Now they got their win, and they did it in dominating fashion last night at the expense of the University of Tennessee. Just a poor, poor game overall for Rick Barnes's Rick Barnes's program, sixty-seven fifty-four, which you heard right here on ninety-nine point one, the Sports Animal. A lot more for us to get into. You're going to hear from Olivia Kumal before nine a.m. as well here on the Sports Animal.
All right, more to come from Tennessee basketball and just the flop they had last night down in Gainesville. 99.1, the sports animal. Uh, look, we got the news yesterday about 20 minutes to go in our broadcast. We broke it to you here inside the Budweiser studios. Uh, but Tom Brady's going to call it after 23 seasons. 45-year-old. That guy just looks like that he is mentally beat down, did it not? He's on the beach. He's kind of in his happy Gilmore happy place. And it just seems like, obviously, it was more planned than this. It was more planned than this. But it just seemed like he just walked down the boardwalk. Dude, what every guy does, you walk down those like rickety four or five steps. I've got splinters everywhere. And as soon as your feet touch sand and you got sandals or shoes on, you go, hmm, where can I kick these off and hide them behind a bush somewhere? Exactly. Nobody will steal them. That's the question that no one is asking. I believe it's a very valid one. It's very easy. You just wear sandals and then you fold them up and put them behind your, into your pants behind your belt. Just a little back spot there. But can't you just hide them? Why? So somebody can see like, oh man, look, check out those sandals. See, I got to the point now I hope these where are 12s. Dang, they're 10s. I'm taking them anyway. I'm at the point now where I don't even wear shoes down to the beach just because I don't want to, you know, keep track of them. Right. Unless you've got a spot with like a beach towel and stuff yeah, like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm not trying to hide them behind some kind of bush, windy sand, whatever the I don't even know what kind of plants those are over there, but you know what I mean. Everybody's trying to hide them in the kudzu. Correct. Yeah. I bet Tom Brady's a hey dudes guy though. <laughs> no, I he, he's so, ugs everything. He's Uggs everything, man. You know, oh, that's true. Some, he is yeah, Uggs. I yeah, forgot about oh, that. Come on. Now. You got to be careful. You got to follow those endorsements. That's right. My bad. So, my bad. Um, you know, Brady looks like he walked down the boardwalk, walked down those four or five splintered rickety steps, sat down, watched the water rush up to his feet and pulled his phone out and just went, yeah, I'm just going to do a quick little video here. Yeah, I'm retiring. Uh, obviously, it was more planned than that. I'm sure he passed it around to different family members, to his agents, to the different people. Uh I'm already reading speculation, multiple accounts of speculation of, ah, so when's he going to come back? When, when, when's he going to, you know, does Tampa Bay really think that they got to move forward? Like, I don't know about you, but the second I saw his face, I thought this is not a promo for 80 for Brady. He didn't even have to say, I'll get right to it. I'm retiring. As soon as he hit play and I went, oh, this is it. He didn't have to say a word. You could see on his face. Like, I got to make sure I start this off on a high note and 53 seconds go. Yeah. He was obviously very emotional. The last time he did this was weird, and he said that, you know, you, you only get one long, you know, seven-page essay to announce that you are retiring and thank everyone and their mom for it. At the time, he probably felt like he was going to retire, but then let's see in two months from now. Last time, it lasted 40 days. You're right. The conversation yesterday was, okay, maybe something keeps on happening down in Miami and they need an emergency style of quarterback. Do you call Tom Brady? I want to see him be done this year on him personally. And as a football player was incredibly, incredibly tough. I tend to believe that he is done, but I also said that I thought he was done last year. I would have liked to see him go out on top, holding a Lombardi trophy yet again, which I thought he Potentially could have done that in San Francisco. But this time, I think he is for real. I think he's done. Yeah, he he goes down as the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> the greatest player of all time. He's, the, he's one of the... Him and Jordan are in the upper tier by themselves in terms of accomplished goats in American sports. I think... I mean, this is just me spitballing here, but I'm pretty sure the only category I think... They're usually nose-to-nose or Brady has them. The only category right now off the top of my head I can think of 
that Brady or Jordan has the edge is uh, finals championship MVPs. Brady has five Super Bowl MVPs, and of course, Jordan went six or six in his six. But again, the conversation of North American sports goes Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. I would throw Bill Russell in there too, but that was a long time ago. It was game was so different. Sure. Um, stay with me on this. I don't believe Aaron Rodgers retires. I don't. I don't think he's in Green Bay next year, but they work out a trade. They want to start maybe preparing for the future, whoever they're going to be taking at quarterback. If Rodgers retires and he joins Tom Brady, J.J. Watt, and whoever else is voted, will the 2028 class of the NFL Hall of Fame be the greatest of all time? It now, probably be the greatest quarterback class. Well, see, I did a little digging. I did a little digging. And to me, when I think of names, again, this is you could, defensive MVPs of the year. Quarterbacks of the MVP era as well for Brady and Rodgers both. I mean, just those three names alone. I mean, that's, that is football in our modern day today. Those are the guys. A-Rod, TB12, J.J. Swat. Like, that, that, that's it. This might be difficult to kind of seesaw here, but I just took a quick little look at three different classes that I would put it up against. And I think this would be an interesting conversation to have with many people of many different age groups. Just on those three names alone, they would definitely go toe-to-toe with the 2011 class, which included Marshall Falk, Deion Sanders, and Shannon Sharp. Richard Dent was in there. There were some other guys in there. Les Richter was in there as well. The night, excuse me, the 2010 class, which included John Randall, Dick LeBeau, Floyd Little, Jerry Rice, and Emmett Smith. That might be it right there. That's a that's pretty the, good class. That's the greatest running back and the greatest wide receiver of all time. I know some people would probably rise at running back, especially when I just mentioned the Walter Payton class. And the 2004 included Barry Sanders and John Elway. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I mm, that Walter Payton class wasn't that bad either. I didn't even bring that up quickly. That Walter Payton class, that also included Bill Walsh, Chuck Knoll and Dan Fouts in 93. I wanted to give a little bit of love to Lawrence Taylor and the Eric Dickerson draft of, of, of the Hall of Fame class in 1999. But is that a little bit much without knowing some of the other people that would join them? Again, I don't think Rodgers is retiring. But I think you could certainly make the argument if he does, man, that's going to be a tough ticket to get to go to the Hall of Fame kind of induction ceremony in Canton. I think it would be the best class because you have the greatest football player of all time in Tom Brady. You have a, a top six or seven quarterback of all time, definitely top 10 in Aaron Rodgers and one of the better defensive players we have ever seen in J.J. Watt. I think it probably would be the best class ever. But I'm also 24 years old and I grew up watching these guys play every single Sunday. Right. And... A lot of older people would be like, oh, no, it was, you know, Emmett, Dion, that type of thing. It just it just depends on the age group. I just, in this world of greatest of every, in a, in a world of sports today where we throw goat around like we throw around. Yeah, LeBron or Jordan. Fo- it's Folded up menus that we put on a magnet. We, you know, we mag- uh, put on the refrigerator. You know what I mean? I mean we literally talk, it, we, everything's the goat. This is the goat. This is the best food truck I've ever been to. This is the greatest movie I've ever seen. This prisoner of the moment, greatest, greatest, awesome, awesome, fantastic. 
I want to make sure that I don't fall into that trap where I go, okay, Brady, Rodgers, Watt. Okay, wow. How does that even compare to some of the others that the NFL has seen? And that's when the measuring stick, that begins. So I just wanted to make sure I didn't get into the everything is awesome realm. I wanted to run that by you. And based on some of the tweets that are coming in right now, it's a fair discussion. Everybody has their favorites. Everybody has their kind of loyalty. They pledge their allegiance to other franchises. And when that star-studded player or that iconic player makes it to Canton, you want to argue that that guy's class, of course, is number one. This has got legs, though. But I think it immediately falls short the second that Aaron Rodgers announces that he is coming back for 23. He had some comments yesterday about Green Bay. Oh, you're having trade discussions without consulting me, huh? Hmm. Yeah. They're done. why Why don't we make this even more messy, right? You cleaned up the house, but you left dirty dishes, and the wife's about to come home. Good luck with that. 656-9900. 1-866-656-9900. I got a little uh, love it and leave it. little update for you. Uh, I want to hear from Rick Barnes, plus Olivia Kuma last night. Tennessee, just what they could not do, they did. Do not lay an egg down in Gainesville. If that was what you were trying to accomplish last night, well, green check mark. A lot of Tennessee fans with a big eye roll and really just a big sigh of, what else could happen now? 99.1, you're listening to the Sports Animal. Last night's second-ranked Tennessee went to Gainesville and fell to Florida 67-54. to Sakai Ziegler scored 15 points in the loss. Tennessee shot 28% from the field, 20% from three. With that loss, they fall to 7-2 and in SEC play. Yesterday in the NFL, Tom Brady says that he is retiring for football again, but for good. One year ago to the day, Brady announced he was retiring before changing his mind 40 days later. He played 23 seasons in the NFL, winning seven Super Bowls, six with the Patriots, one with Tampa Bay, and he also set numerous passing records. Last night, the SEC in college basketball, Auburn took down Georgia 94-73. Missouri got by LSU 87-77. Elsewhere, top-ranked Purdue beat Penn State 80-60. to it's 6.43. Love it or leave it. Coming up next here on TSL. Have a good Thursday morning. I'm Logan Ward. Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. (laughs) I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. (laughs) Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. At 649, Tennessee just missed another shot last night. And just, man, that's just one of those games you just absolutely cannot have. Another and offensive look, rebound, though. And, and for man, and that's the point. <laughs> you had like, it was 18 to 5, I believe, and you still lost the game. You did. And look, you had to take 20 more shots and you lost by double digits. And it just. Yeah, that's not good. Olivia Kumai pointed it out last night. He said, listen, they found our weaknesses. The game plan that they had was, which this seems so kind of backwards. But Kumwas essentially simplified it last night. He said they did something that not anybody has done to us this year. They attacked our weaknesses. What? Interesting. What? 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 I'm not questioning Olivier. I'm. I'm just. How is it we've reached February first, February second, Groundhog's Day, and people haven't looked at Tennessee and went, "All right, what are their weaknesses? Oh, they don't have a go-to score. Okay. Oh, they don't have size, at least physical size, that will go toe to toe with. Okay." So the simple thing is find the weakness and attack it. Florida did that last night, and they did it for 40 minutes of basketball. Tennessee, two made shots in the first 10 minutes of the first half, 
three made shots the last 10 minutes of the second half. You cannot do that. You cannot do that if you're going to win in the SEC, especially against a Florida team that ranked eighth in the Ken Palm defensive rankings. Love it or leave it now on your Thursday TSL. All right, Tyler, Tuesday, both of us agreed that Tennessee would go 7-2 and two in the month of February. Love it or leave it after last night's loss to Florida. You're keeping that prediction. Ah, uh, yeah, come on. Tennessee's not going 7-2 and two over 9 in February after that loss last night. I'll drop them down a game. You drop a game, I'll drop you a game. There goes 6-3. and three. Uh, I'll tell you right now, though, uh, I'm not going to overreact and be like, uh, five and four, Just, but I will tell you, if now that this is out on tape, now that this is the blueprint to beat Tennessee, there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to go, hey, can you pull the Florida tape? Yeah, Jim, pull the Florida tape. And they are going to watch that, and they're going to rewind, and they're going to clicker, 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 clicker. You see that clicker? See that clicker? I'll say six and three. Tennessee, though, they got to have an absolute just punch out, knockout first round game against Bruce because Bruce is going to want to come in and see if he can dig this knife a little deeper on Tennessee. Yeah, give me six and three as well. I still think that you lose to Kentucky and Texas A&M. It's, it's very funny. Everyone said Kentucky might have laid out the blueprint. And I said, okay, wait, wait, wait. Maybe that was similar to the Georgia-Tennessee football game where everyone said that Georgia laid out the blueprint how you stop Tennessee on offense. And I said, okay, that's fine and dandy. Maybe they did. But Kentucky, or Georgia at the time, they had better athletes than anyone in the country. Not everyone has the players that Kentucky have. And they're a decent team. They're not a great team. Florida is a decent team. I would say now they're probably going to go to the NCAA tournament and potentially win a game after what we saw last night. But there are other teams that Tennessee has left to play this year. Auburn, Arkansas, A&M, Kentucky, Alabama that have better athletes than uh, uh, than Florida, better players than Florida. Last night was not good. I will say 6-3. and three. Reports had Tom Brady weighing a return to Tampa before announces his uh Announcing his retirement on Wednesday, Lover leave it Tom Brady not considering other teams than the Buccaneers. Maybe he didn't. I find it hard to believe, but you know if Tom Brady is going to make this again decision and not come back from it, you know he probably had to sit down and had a map of every franchise and went, no, 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 maybe, no, no, definitely if they called. I just, I think San Francisco, he heard from San Francisco that, look, we're not interested in paying you that kind of money to come in for one season. I don't think a lot of franchises who needed a Tom Brady were willing to put their franchises on hold for one year in hopes that a 45, 46-year-old would continue to click. Do I think Brady could still play? Sure. Does Brady need to go out there and play if he can't win a Super Bowl next year? Absolutely not. And I think the people who had him in that position, they weren't willing to do a 12, 14-month pause for that stake. I'm going to leave this. I think the only way that he was considering coming back to Tampa was just based off because of you know his kids and his family. Whatever he wanted to do, we we said yesterday, we're not, you know, LA insider, we're not e-news, we're not going to dive into the whole divorce thing with Giselle, but he generally loves his kids, obviously, those are his life, and you know, he said that many, many times. The only reason why I believe he probably wanted to stay in Tampa, they already moved from, from New England, changed schools and all that jazz. The only reason I believe that, that he wanted to stay in Tampa, if he did, was just because of his kids. I do think, though... If someone would have paid him the money to go out of San Francisco, he would have done that. Multiple reports have Chicago moving forward with Justin Fields and looking to shop the top pick in the draft. Yep. Love or leave it, the Bears will trade the number one overall pick before I, draft day. I don't think they get a deal done because I don't think anybody gives them enough. I think Chicago holds on to that pick, and if you get a chance, 
go get Jordan Davis right now, number one overall pick money. I checked last night. You can still get Jordan Davis 5-1 to one right now. I sprinkled a little last night on Davis being the number one overall pick. I think the Bears try to shop it. They don't get what they're looking for, and they take Jordan Davis as the number one overall pick. Back-to-back Georgia players. I say Jordan Davis, excuse me. Um, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Jordan Davis was la- part of last year's yep, class. Philly, I'm going to say... Man, I'm going to leave this. I think that they're going to keep it and you know, and take Carter. And plus, what if you're Indianapolis, Tennessee, Houston... If they're going to stick with Justin Fields, you definitely know that they're not going to take Will Levis or Bryce Young. So if you're Houston or Indianapolis, you're like, okay, we're going to get one of those two guys or, you know, a CJ Stroud's there as well. I'm going to leave this. I don't think that they trade it. I think they're going to keep it. And that's probably what they should do. You definitely don't trade Justin Fields. Let's not be ridiculous here. I'll leave it. During the end of the season, presser San Francisco announced that Jimmy Garoppolo will not be a part of the team in 2023. Love or leave it, Jimmy G. With a new team east of the Mississippi. All right, so realistic teams that he could be a part of next year. The Jets, yes. The Colts, yes. Washington Commanders, yes. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yes. New England Patriots, yes. I think the answer to this question is very simply yes. He will be east of the Mississippi next year. Niners were always really timid about maybe perhaps letting him go and him signing in the NFC West. I don't think they have to worry about that. He's definitely going to be in an Eastern division, whether it's NFC, AFC next year. I love it as well. I think you left two teams off that could happen, and they're both in the AFC. Are the Dolphins really committed to Tua? Tua just cleared his uh, his, uh, concussion, so they said he's going to be 100% ready to go. But are they really committed to him, even if he is fully healthy? He looked really good at times. He looked really bad at times. And I'm a Tua Tagovailoa fan. Also, Tennessee is there as well. I will love this. There's no chance. I mean, he is 100% going to the East Coast. Last one, needing 89 uh, points to become the NBA's all-time leading scorer. LeBron James and Lakers have ticket prices skyrocketing for their February 7th and 9th home games. Love or leave it, you would pay the average of $1,200 to see history. No chance. To see LeBron in a new era of basketball surpass Kareem, not going to happen. That uh, that seventh game, February 7th, that's against Oklahoma City at the Staples Center or whatever they're calling it now these days. No. And then that ninth, though, that February 9th game, I believe, is Milwaukee. Oh, that's a good one. That'd be a fun I, one to win. I would pay to watch Milwaukee and L.A., but not just for the sake to see a record broken. Not $1,200. $1,200, though, on no. average to get in? Not on a champion. Well, not on a non-championship event. To go to the the Masters, Super Bowl, National yeah. Championship game, Final Four, sure. Not just some regular season basketball game. Even though history is going to be set and broken, not some basketball game here in February. No chance. New Balance Knoxville Suburban Shopping Center, the perfect fit Every time. I call it a true Cinderella story. And as you know, they have colorways. They have the perfect size. You have to go through the foot test to find out what shoe fits you perfectly. That is waiting for you at New Balance Knoxville. You'll hear from Rick Barnes. You'll hear from Olivier Kouwa. What happened to Tennessee last night? Just days after they were crowned the number two team in the land, they dropped the ball like so many others have this year. What if I told you an Associated Press poll record happened last night with Tennessee falling in Gainesville? I'll share it with you in the next 20 minutes. 99.1, you're listening to the Sports Animal. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Let's get into season four, episode three, Facade. People get picked on. I got picked on. But Scabby Abby, Scabby, the whole school yeah, just hurt me. I felt like it wasn't real. If I may, I want to defend the storytellers. The people who created the show wanted you to feel like these people were the worst people ever. They pretty much said the whole school of Smallville High are bad people. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.